You've tuned in to this week's episode of Cornerstone Conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cornerstone Conversations. Uh, host Neil Wright, pastor at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship, Northern Territory, a church out here at Howard Springs. And with me, I have Assistant Pastor Matthew Koenig. How are you, Matt? I'm going well, thank you, Neil. So you had a good week? Yes. Why? Going, going well. Well, you know, I, I woke up this morning. I'm still breathing. Um, the sun is shining, I think. It's a bit hard to see. We've got new tent on the on the office, and it's a bit dark in here. It's like it's going to rain, but it's actually yeah. blue skies and sun shining. So, yeah, that's good. Excellent. And uh, finally coming up to Cornerstone Homegrown? Or oh, Homegrown. Homegrown Homegrown at Cornerstone, yeah. That's, um, what was it, two sleeps now? Two sleeps. This coming Saturday. Um, yep. Well, hopefully two sleeps. Yeah, it'd be nice. Getting, to be getting a bit nerve-wracking. There might not be any sleeping happening between now and then. Yeah, so that's um, our music night. Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, got a, a whole heap of um, songs that have been written by our worship team that we're going to share with people. So we're going to have dinner together and then um, have a bit of a uh, music time bit of a it's a bit like a concert i don't know i don't really want to call it a concert because it's not sort of like in the background isn't it yeah sort of a backgroundy type people mm. can sit and listen and look and watch and nice yeah well that sounds lovely matt yeah um, looking so i'm looking to forward it. to that as well i think it'd be a good night out and yeah on sunday we had uh john tattersall came and shared with us he's one of the musicians he is well, he be, is he presenting a song? Um, yes, yes, he's got a song that's going to be done. Yeah, I think nice. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're be, we're looking at doing a uh, another different episode called Cornerstone Conversions, which will be on a Sunday every month, month and a half, two months, whatever, mm-hmm. just to talk about the stories of people um, in the church, how they became a Christian, their life story a little bit, uh, not obviously not in too much depth, but enough to. To sort of start us thinking, um, and I, I feel like, Matt, that story is one of the most powerful things that we can listen for and listen to. Mm. So in terms of building relationships, which is what we're sort of looking at for the rest of this year, I think, in different ways, um, knowing people's stories actually opens up a whole lot of understanding. Um, how do you find that with stories? Do you, you like listening to people's stories? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, testimony is such a, a powerful thing, you know, because mm. so, it is so personal and everyone's testimony is different. And um, being able to hear the story of, of people's journey is, is just incredible. And, and it really, um, you know, it, it impacts the way that you can even view the person. You know, we've talked mm. about relationship and how we, you know, we look at, look at people and we might be picking out their the things that frustrate us or whatever but um you know when when you hear the testimony when you hear the story behind you know their journey that can also impact our view of how we you know how we how we view the people um and you know but it is it is such a powerful thing because it is so personal um and it's a it's a really great uh way of of sharing the impact that god has on Mm. on us uh, as as followers of christ yeah, agreed. Mm. And and so sometimes perhaps you've got people in the church that are newish and they look around and see all these perfect people with amazing lives and, you know, hopefully that's what we've come to, that once we've received Christ, we start to change the way we live and our actions and line up with his word. But um, 
a lot of people don't realize, like, especially if you come in, you're a bit broken, having trouble in life and haven't surrendered yourself to Christ, that the people that you're looking at that you think are perfect usually aren't mm. anyway. Mm. But apart from that, they were probably you 10 years ago. Yeah. They, they were sitting in that seat thinking the same thing, that all these people had such a good life. And, and that was one of sort of the things we, when I was talking to John, um, he's been a Christian basically his whole life. He talks about being saved at the age of three, I think, mm. um, sitting on the edge of his bed. And uh, he wanted the bread and the wine, but that's his main reason for getting saved at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be able to take part in communion. Yeah. But it was explained to him what salvation was. He decided, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, and he did at three. So it was actually a genuine prayer. Um, and we can just think, oh, wow, he's been a Christian all his life. Things must have just been easy, but it's really not the case, is it? No, no, not at all. You know, like there's there's struggles all the way along, and, and you know, we you know we all have, have different journeys, like I was saying before, and, and God will use us in different ways. And, and, yeah, I guess you're right. We need to be careful that we're not sitting in that place of looking at everyone around us and thinking, oh, well, they've got everything together and look at how amazing they are. Um, because, you know, we, we all have struggles. We all have um, different things that come up in our lives that, that ultimately shape who we are and, and the amazing stuff that God does in our lives to transform us into, into the new creations that we are. Mm. Um, but just yeah, just being in that place of of not not looking at everyone as as perfect and and all you know what I mean like it's yeah, yeah. and even the fact that you, you can sometimes think uh, it's all all been so easy for them yeah and it really hasn't like John shared some of the struggles that that they'd had as a couple him and his wife in Melbourne and you know things just weren't working out it mm. seemed like yeah God's got him into the army he's gone to Melbourne but. He talked about being depressed. He didn't want to come home from work because, you know, things weren't that great. Mm. Uh, Lauren couldn't get a job um, and things like that. And so learning then to trust in God, and this is one of the pivotal things that happened in his life, because he talks about he got he became a follower of Jesus, but there's also a time when he said, oh, I'm going to surrender my life mm. to him. And so he almost talked about it like two conversions. One is like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but the second one was actually time to surrender everything yeah and and i think like to me that is true like there's this point in your life where you have to come to that you are not enough mm. and so john talked about trying to fill the the gaps in his life or the the areas where he just felt that little bit of emptiness or whatever and trying to get other people to fill it whether it was lauren or maybe activities or things yeah. like that even as a christian yeah. not really having god as the center and the one who is the source of his life. Um, how important do you think that is, Matt? Oh, it's, it's incredibly important. You know, there's that, there's that verse that says, seek first yeah. God. And, and, you know, when, when we do that, when our attention is drawn to God in everything, you know, in, in everything that we do, then that really impacts the way that, that we walk through life, that we walk through our day. Um, you know, we, you know, there is that that God-shaped hole in every single person, whether they believe in God or not, and and there's this desperate searching to find something that fills that hole, um, and there's only one thing that can fill that, and that's that's a relationship with God, and and then truly committing to that, and and you know, giving giving God ultimate control over everything, and just following His lead. 
in his direction. Yeah, so it's that surrender of yep. myself to him. And that's probably a hard thing to do. Like like we think that we can do it ourselves. We're self-sufficient. And then if we can't, we start to rely on other people. But you know, I think one of his favorite psalms, uh, I think it was Psalm 1, and I'm pretty sure in there it talks about, uh, maybe I, I better not just say it does necessarily, but th- there's a psalm that talks about cursed is the man who trusts in man. Mm. And it's not because you're cursed, but man's going to let you down. Yeah. So you'll end up in trouble if you're just trusting in man um, without trusting in God. And and so God won't let you down. Mm. But if you don't actually fully commit, your life's going to be actually a little bit tumultuous because if you're not giving God control, that means you've got control mm. and you're not the best person to <laughs> no. have control. No, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty strange, really. Yeah, yeah, so for those of us who are Christians, it really is an important thing to do is to surrender your life to Christ. Mm. For those of us who aren't Christians, it's important to surrender your life to Christ. In fact, that's all it is. And yeah. when we start thinking about relationships and, and what God has set up, everything is about relationship. Mm. That reconciling to God and reconciling to each other. That's what, what um, the message of salvation is. Um, there's a whole lot of other things around the side of that, but we can easily miss out on that relationship and look towards the the process. We can look towards the doctrine. We can look towards a whole lot of things and actually miss that it's a relationship with God. And I yep. think like when John was talking about it, that was the difference. It was suddenly, no, I'm, I'm actually going to be in relationship with God. Yep. Yeah. So... One of the other things that I found really interesting was he came from a family with eight kids. And when I was talking with him about his story, I asked him that question that many of us parents have because we want to see our kids going on for God. Mm. How many of your brothers and sisters are Christian now and going on for God? And he said all of them. Mm. That's pretty spectacular, I thought, Matt. What yeah, you, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Mm. And um, you know, like I think John John shared a bit about what his parents did in that process and how they encouraged the kids and they did like they did homeschooling and so John's mum was doing memory verses and stuff like yep. that with them and just really speaking God's word and and getting them to to even really think about not not just memorizing the verses but actually thinking about what it actually means and and applying that personally and I think you know as a, as a parent myself with with younger kids. That's a that's a real challenge, and and you know I've been I've been thinking about you know how am I, and and how's how's my wife how are we together raising our kids up in the way that that they should go in in believing in this awesome God that we have, and you know how how are we doing that, and mm. so you know it's a it's a really key thing, but at the end of the day, it's you know it's not something that we can we can force on on our kids to. To be followers, you know, it's a, it's an individual decision that needs to be made, and you know, our prayer as parents is that they will they will come to know Christ and and dedicate their lives to Him and mm. and choose to follow Him. But um, you know, there is that there is that personal sort of decision that needs to be made, yeah. um, and you know, so that's that's something that we we pray about, you know, all the time. You know? Yeah, and and I, I think for me, what really struck me was two things. One, that mum made them memorise the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, just talking to 
uh, Topher from Scripture Union, and they're having a parenting day coming up, which I'll be definitely advertising at church. Um, it's not a, a course or anything like that. It's just sort of going through what things keep kids in Christ. Mm. And we can look at all the outside things that we want to do, like great music, you know, whatever, light shows, a good youth group, make sure they're sending them to a Christian school or whatever. But the, the actual research shows that the biggest thing that keeps kids in Christ is kids that read the Bible. Mm. Um, and the second thing was kids that pray. So yeah. they're the two things that we always talk about, you know, yeah, make sure you read your Bible, make sure you pray. But the importance of them is immense because the Word of God gets to work in their hearts. And so as parents, we, we sometimes be like, oh, I don't want to push God on my kids, but you need to get that Word into them somehow. Mm. Um, and there's probably a little discipline in that in terms of like us saying, okay, we're just going to commit to you know, helping our kids read the Bible, not just read it for them, but how do I actually encourage my child to read the Bible um, and it's amazing because the Word of God just works. That was my discipleship. Um, when I was a kid, I got saved at an event at Howard Springs Primary School. And the guy who did the altar call, because it was like a an outreach sort of thing, um, just said, okay, now you're a Christian. Here's a Bible. Read it every day and pray. That's all I did. That was my discipleship program. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it was amazing. <laughs> it just changes the way you think. Mm. you know. And, and especially in a world where it's very contrary to the Word of God. If that's not established in you, you're going to be easily swayed. And so getting that Word's important. Yep. The second thing, Matt, and um, that, that he said was that when his mum talked about God, he, he likened it to a salad sandwich that she made that was just amazing and crunchy and he could never make it the same, yep. but he just wanted it. And he said when he talked about God, when she talked about God, he just wanted to know more yeah. because God sounded so incredible. Mm. Um, do you think that that is something that you see other people representing God like that in terms of like, um, I want to know that God? Mm. Or, or is it sometimes you, when you're around other Christians, it's almost like, why would I want to know that God? What, just give us some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um... You know, I think it's certainly there. Are, there are certainly people that that you look at them and you go, "Wow!" You know, what's there's, there's definitely something different about that person, and and you know, what is it, and and how can I get it, sort of thing. And and you're right, there are also the opposite of that, where you look at people and you go, "Well, you know, really, um, you know." And it's like well, I think we were talking about it last week, where you know, a particular person will walk into the room and it just completely changes the the atmosphere, and that yeah. can be for good or for bad, and you know, so that's a, that's a challenge for us, and I, I think if we've if we've got that real joy of the Lord in us, it just naturally flows out. You know, we have the light of Christ in us, and and we're like, you know, that that thing like we're a city on a hill. Um, that's the the light is there that everyone can see, and it draws people in. But there needs to be that opportunity to actually you actually have to be welcomed into that city, like. Um, yeah. You know, so there's that, that opportunity that we have there that people will recognize that there's something different about us, but then we also need to be in that place of accepting them to come in and, and to be part of of that space and being honest about what it is and, and all of that kind of thing. So it's Yeah. 
you know, I think it's, it's, it's definitely there and a, and a challenge for us to be in that place of, you know, I guess seeking God in, in that, seeking God first and, and through that allowing him to work out and committing our day and handing control over to him. And, yeah. you know, I think it, it just sort of naturally comes out um, that, that people want to know more and, you know, how, how are you like the way you are? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it is a challenge, Matt, and and uh, something that I've I've been pondering on because, like, you know, you have to sort of think, well, what do my kids hear about Christianity? I say I belong to a church, mm. um, and when I come home for lunch from church, all I do is badmouth someone in the congregation or I talk about the problems or complain and whinge about everything that's happening. As a child listening in, why would I want to belong to a church? Yeah. Because all they do is fight, hate, hate each other, basically. Yeah. Complain about each other, complain about what they have to do, complain about the music, complain about the sermon, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, and, and could you yeah. imagine listening on as a kid? Does that sound like a, an attractive God? Does that sound like an attractive community to belong to? No, not at all. Yeah, but you know, like we got to really think about it, which means that there must be something that we need to change in ourselves. Mm. Mm. That we are not loving people, that we're not building community, that we're not holding friendships dear, and looking towards solutions when there are problems. And you know, like it's, I know it, it sounds really horrible, but honestly, I think that's the experience of a lot of kids mm. that they don't know that God's attractive. Yeah. That they think He's, and that's what I, I think just shone through when John was talking about it. It sounded like his mum was in love with God. Mm. And to me, that, that would be just so exciting as, as a kid to imagine that your parents, it's like, you know, when they talk about God, they're bringing him alive to you. Yeah. And so it awakened a hunger within John to want to take a bite of mm. that sandwich as well. Um, mm. So I think that's one of the other things that I really got out of his story is that attractiveness of God. Are we as parents, as even just as Christians in the world around us, showing an attractive God? Yeah. And yeah. the reality of relationship with him. God that yeah. loved us so much he sent his son so that we could be in relationship with him that's it yeah so I think that's really all I wanted to comment on mm. um, Matt have you got anything else that you you're sort of thinking about no I think I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head you know just that challenge of of you know those of us that are in relationship with God of putting him first and just you know not not hiding anything away and you know Declaring the goodness of God, you know, yeah. letting the joy that we have flow out, you know, regardless, you know, at times it's hard in depending on circumstances and all that kind of stuff, but you know, just being in that place of showing who God really is through the way that we respond in different situations, and you know, it's just so important, whether it's with with our kids or even just with our workmates or you know, if we're at school with our with our friends at school or friends at whatever, you know, yeah. just being in that place of of allowing God to, to shine out. Yeah. Sounds good. And mm. I think like the other, one other thing is just that, you know, the times that were tough for John actually drove him to Christ, but it was his decision to push in. And 
having people around him, like he talked about a pastor down there and his wife that really took interest in Lauren and him and mm. were willing to invest time in them. But the whole point that they had was to push them towards God, not be the answer. Mm. And uh, for us as a community in terms of relationship, I think that's important too, is to just really make sure that we're forever on the other person's side. We just want, we're championing them. We want them to make it. We want them to be close to God. We want them to succeed in their walk with God. We want them to have God's blessings on their life. And that motivates us to uh, works of love in their life. So, yeah, I'd love to live mm. in a community like that. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure. And we'll catch everyone next week.